Bibles and turn to Luke chapter number 24, if you will, just for a moment. Luke chapter number 24. And uh, we'll get some, uh, praise the Lord, we'll get some, get some time in here at the end of Jesus' ministry here on earth. In Luke chapter number 24, if you're there, I want you to say amen. amen. All right, I'm going to, uh, let's start reading, uh, let's see here, where's a good place to start? It's all good, right? Verse 49, we'll begin reading in verse number 49. The Bible says, is everybody over there? I know there's a long chapter, so uh, verse number 49 says, And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. Verse number 50, and he led them out as far as to Bethany. And he lifted up his hands and blessed them. And it came to pass while he blessed them, he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. And they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple, praising and blessing God. Amen. Over in Acts chapter number 1 and verse number 10, well, uh, in verse number 8, uh, basically we have the same story, the same set of circumstances, but it'll add just a little bit to it. The Bible says, but ye shall, verse number 8, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld... He was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. As we look at this this morning, I want you to look. I, I always, I'm always uh, 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 fascinated uh, when Jesus, uh, with where Jesus was. When we, go to, when we go to Israel, I have a great time. My, my favorite part of Israel is around the Sea of Galilee because Jesus spent so much time there and he spent so many years there in ministry. Uh, my, one of my favorite places to go to is Capernaum, uh, which is Kafar. Nahum over there, but one of my favorite places on the entire earth, and for those of you that went with me, you know what I'm talking about. You can feel God. I mean, you can feel His presence uh, here at Capernaum or where we go and uh, there by the seaside. And man, it is just amazing uh, to be where the Lord was, to walk on the ground that Jesus walked on. Uh, Capernaum was known as Jesus Town, and so it was a place where He spent two and a half years of his life, he lived there or he was centered there, if you will. He may have been born in Nazareth or born in Bethlehem and raised in Nazareth, but he spent his ministry time, the majority of his earthly ministry time was spent in Capernaum. But there was another place that he visited and he visited often, and that was a place that was called Bethany. 
All right, Bethany in your Bible, when you look at Bethany and you look at the word Bethany, uh, it has, uh, they have several different meanings for uh, this word or for this town named Bethany. One of them means the house of dates or the house of figs. So uh, it has a meaning. And if you'll remember, Jesus cursed the fig tree. He was in Bethany when he did that or coming out of Bethany when he cursed that fig tree. So many say that because of the area and the fig trees in the area that it was known as the house of uh, figs or dates, all right, uh, uh, and not dates as in calendar dates, all right, but uh, you understand the figs or the palm dates because of the palm trees and the figs uh, that were there, uh, fig trees that were there. Another name that is given to this place is called the house, Bethany is called the house of misery. All right, the house of misery. Uh, I've also seen it ascribed the house of affliction. And uh, you may have seen that before, you may not have, but this was a place that Jesus frequented often. A matter of fact, we can go through Jesus' life and we will find that he spent a lot of time in Bethany. In particular, there was a family there that you and I are very familiar with. One by the name of, uh, uh, they had two sisters and a brother, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, all right? Uh, our modern day, our modern day name for Bethany has to do, uh, it's called, I can't even pronounce it and I'm not even going to try to, but its meaning goes back to Lazarus and Lazarus being raised from the dead there at Bethany. And they named the name, the, the, the modern day name of this area is named after the place where Lazarus, all right, uh, or has a meaning of Lazarus in the name of it. But this was the place that many uh, uh, miracles were performed and God did many great things. This was also the place that Jesus spent his last week here on earth, all right, before the cross. And so uh, before Palm Sunday, he was anointed by Mary, and many of us remember the story of Mary anointing him, anointing, his for, uh, anointing Jesus for his burial. Uh, it is also the place where, the cursed, uh, uh, where he cursed the fig tree uh, because it looked like it should have fruit, and it didn't. All right, I need somebody to help me, all right? That's a really, that's a really good uh, 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 story in our Bible that sheds light on what God expects out of you and I is us to bear fruit. And when he seen the fig tree and it looked as though it bare fruit, but it did not, he cursed it and it died, all right? Uh, this is the place where Jesus, every night, the week before the cross, he spent in Bethany. Not Jerusalem, all right? Jerusalem would be the place that he would be taken. Jerusalem would be the place that he would die. But that is not where he chose to spend his time. In his last week here on earth, he chose to spend it in Bethany. He chose to spend it in a house of misery or a house of affliction. And I think there's some very, I think there's something very important to that. Matter of fact, Jesus on his last day here on the earth, after his resurrection, he took the disciples back to Bethany before he ascended into heaven. Do you know that the book in uh, the book of Zechariah in chapter number 14 and verse number four tells us that Jesus will return? And do you know where he's going to return to? Bethany, the place that he left out of. He's coming back 
to that very place. It is on the eastern side of Jerusalem. If you've been there with us, you know that we go uh, to the Garden of Gethsemane or the area where the Garden of Gethsemane is believed to have been. Uh, But uh, just south of that is located about two miles east of uh, uh, Jerusalem. There on the uh, Mount of Olives, all right, is uh, Bethany. And that is the region. That is where Jesus is coming back. How many of y'all, how many of y'all are getting this? It's an important place. All right, it is an important place. It's not just any old place. And we like to, we like to look at things in the Bible and we, we may even pass over things in the Bible. But, but when Jesus over and over again goes to a particular place and so many miracles happen in a particular place and prophecies are coming in a particular place. How many of you know this? It must be something, it must be something special about Bethany. And as we look at this this morning, I think that the church is now Bethany. Is everybody all right? See, Jesus went to Bethany because he was received there. I need somebody to help me. When he went to Jerusalem, he was rejected. Anytime he went into Jerusalem, he was rejected. He was uh, turned away. He was mocked. He was made fun of. He was, uh, 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 they, they uh, uh, plotted against him to murder him every time he went to Jerusalem. But he would always retreat back to Bethany. Bethany was a place of refuge, if you will, for Jesus. It was a place of rest for Jesus. And I believe today that the church is a place of rest and the church should be a place of refuge, somebody help me now, for those that are in affliction or those that are in misery. See, you can't just take the name and throw it out. The name means a house of misery or the house of affliction. What you need to understand is that when his relatives rejected him and when the religious crowd rejected him, it was the people of affliction who received him. See, church isn't about a bunch of perfect people. Church isn't about a bunch of folks that got all their ducks in a row, got their ties on straight, got their jackets on the right way, and look like they're supposed to, act like they're supposed to. The house of God is a place that is welcoming to those that are afflicted, those that are in misery. And many of us came to God through our affliction. We came to God through our misery. Not because we had everything in order, not because everything was perfect in our life, but because our life was a mess. And if God didn't step in, it was going to be over soon. Can I get a witness? God shows us that He loves to spend time with those that are afflicted because they are the ones that receive Him. We've heard the cliches about the church being a country club. We've heard the cliches about the cliques in the church, and I can't stand that. That that is not something that needs to be said ever. The fact that there are relationships and friendships in the church is not a bad thing. I need somebody to help me. Now, if we're outcasting and pushing people out the door, then that's a different story. But uh, it, it is not wrong for us to have friendships and relationships with people inside 
inside the church. And here at Bethany, it was a place where God was received. He was welcomed. And at our churches today, they need to be a place where God is received and is welcomed. They need to be a place where those that are afflicted and those that are in misery can come and find Jesus. As we look at this this morning... I want to just give you a few things about Bethany that maybe will help you out. Maybe I'll shed some light on why this place was so special to Jesus. Can I say this first? Number one, it was a place where, the, where God's presence is welcome. It is a place where God's presence is welcome. When we got uh, uh, this past week, uh, uh, Tuesday night and Wednesday night, man, we had the revival was going on, man, it was so good. But Tuesday night and Wednesday night, if you was here, it was special. Matter of fact, Tuesday night, I didn't even want to let Brother Jonathan preach. Somebody say amen. God moved into this place during our worship. God was moving amongst everybody in this building. You could feel the presence of God right here in the church. It was so thick. I remember people calling me on Wednesday saying, I hope tonight's just as good as last night. I hope the worship tonight is just as good as the worship last night. Why? Because you could feel Feel the presence of God in this place. And can I say this? Not every church experiences that. You need to listen to me. You need to hear me well. Not every church experiences that. Not every church gets to go every day and get to uh, every Sunday and every Wednesday and experience the presence of God. And it's something that needs to be protected. How many of you know that one person, I need somebody to help me right here, one One person can quench the Spirit. They can keep people from getting the help that they need in the church. The church is not for you. The church is not for me. The church is for those that are beyond these doors. They need to know that God meets here. They need to know that they can find God here. And through their misery and affliction, God will work in their life. It's a place where presence of God is welcomed. In Luke chapter number 10, we're very familiar with the story. I bet in Luke chapter number 10, we read about the Good Samaritan. How many of y'all remember the Good Samaritan? Right at the end of the Good Samaritan, guess where Jesus was? In Bethany. Right at the, minute, right at the end of the, uh, 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 the, the parable uh, of the Good Samaritan, we find Jesus in Bethany. And we find Him in the house of Martha. Mary and Lazarus. We even find in Luke chapter number 10, you'll remember that Martha is busy. She's working, she's serving, and she's busy. And the Bible says that Mary is sitting at the feet of Jesus. And Lazarus is sitting over there like most men. I need somebody to help me wondering where the sweet tea is. I need somebody. Y'all help me. It was a place, Bethany is a place there Jesus was welcomed. His presence was welcomed. He was rejected by his own relatives. He went to Bethany. He was rejected by the religious crowd. He went to Bethany. Somebody hear me today. He was received by those that were broken. He was received by those that were in affliction. He was received by those that were in misery. Let me say Our churches need to be a place where 
the presence of God is welcome. Not only that, but our churches need to be a place where the power of God is witnessed. The power of God is witnessed. We see many churches today, they hadn't seen anybody baptized, hadn't seen anybody saved in them in a long, long period of time. Our churches ought to be a place where the power of God is witnessed. I was overwhelmed the last few weeks before revival came. We were uh, uh, doing the series, and as we worked on the series, the first week we uh, the first week we had. Uh, let's see, we was leading up to that week. Let me get my all my story. Let me get my timeline right. We was leading up to that week, and a hurricane came, and so. We've been practicing, or we had been practicing the 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 uh, uh, the drama. Uh, we had gone over how we were going to do things, and it, it, it's not easy to put all that together. It's not easy to get everybody together on that. People were up here working and doing things, and anyhow, a, a hurricane came through. Something I need somebody to help me. We had no control over, right? right. And it was bad. And uh, we had uh, we had, we had started off. We had, we we were going to send out uh, uh, postcards with uh, uh, invitations, and we were going to do thousands of them and send them out and try to get people out, try to get people involved, try to get people here and everything. And anyhow, we ordered all of them, and they didn't come in. Amen. They didn't show up. They never did. Amen. They got lost in the mail. Go figure. Is everybody all right? And so here we are, we ain't been able to plan it like we wanted to. We ain't been able to invite like we wanted to. And now the hurricane's done showed up. Amen. Hurricane showed up and devastated our area. Matter of fact, showed up on a Wednesday. Wednesday night, we didn't have church. It was real iffy if we was going to even have church the following Sunday, which was the Sunday prior to uh, our, uh, um, uh, our drama. And so uh, we didn't have church on Wednesday. We decided we were going to have church on Sunday. And we've been averaging around 400 people between both services uh, uh, here at the church um, uh, on Sunday mornings. So I told Jesse, I said, all right, we're going to get 400 hot dogs, not hot dogs, sausage dogs. I have 400 sausage, and we're going to cook and going to do it for 400 people. We'll have one service. That way everybody can come. We'll do an early service. That way they can come, they can go back, they can work and everything else. And we're going to have, man, it's going to be good. And, man, we were planning. I was excited. I was like, man, you know, people need a break. I, I, they've had a rough week with everything that's going on. They can come in, get a little bit of Jesus because y'all need it. Somebody say Amen. Get a little bit of Jesus and go back to work. So we show up on Sunday morning and 150 people show up. Amen. 400 stinking sausage dogs cooked later. I need somebody to help me. Amen. I was, listen, I was depressed. Is everybody all right? I'm just going to be honest with you. I was like, what is going on? But people were busy, man. It was a mess, and I understand. And so Jesse, he went out, and he gave all kind of sausage dogs to our uh, uh, lineman that was out working, and uh, we tried to bribe him. We tried to bribe them. We did our best. And uh, I told Jesse, I said, put our address right on the top of one of them. Because me and Jesse live by, out there beside one another. I said, put our address right on top of that thing when you give it to them and say, hey, just, uh, just you know, in case you're wondering who loves you, all right? 
And how it was, uh, we had uh, things going on in the church. Brother Jim had passed away uh, tragically, and uh, here we were. We were working towards uh, his funeral, didn't know. I couldn't even get a hold of him. Our phones was out. We couldn't do anything. Our power was out for over a week. We finally, all this stuff starts coming together. We have a funeral on the next Tuesday, and uh, man, we, we, man, funeral was amazing, and uh, praise the Lord for it. We had a wonderful time at the funeral as far as the preaching and the reception of it, and so many people showed up for Brother Jim, and I was so happy for uh, the attendance there, but we get home Tuesday night, and we finally got power, and then we come in Wednesday night, and I'm just praying that things are going to get back to normal because we planned this drama. Is everybody with me? And man, I'm thinking, Lord, help. And uh, so Wednesday, uh, I think we had a decent attendance here Wednesday night as we were getting ready for it, but we really hadn't promoted it because not only were we going to do the drama, the first day of it, you'll remember, was Friend Day. And we hadn't been able to promote that because for the last week and a half, we ain't had no power. We ain't done no. And so anyhow, it was very difficult. So I come in Sunday and I ain't going to lie to y'all. I tell Michelle, I was like, why are we even doing this? Why are we doing this? Let's just put it off. Let's just move it back. Let's just do something until things get back to normal. And then we can figure this whole thing out. And, uh, and anyhow, uh, Michelle, uh, she's, the, she's the voice of reason when I'm about ready to shoot somebody and all that good stuff. I was ready to just put it up, throw it away and do something different. And she says, listen, it'll be all right. I come in that Sunday morning. I walked into the prayer room. Some of y'all that pray with me on Sunday mornings, y'all know I walked into the prayer room. and I, was def- I mean, I was just flat defeated. I walked into the prayer room and I said, man, I, I, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if anybody's even going to show up, but we're going to have church and we're going to do what God told us to do. And so we had the first day of the series and I really want, I need somebody to help me. I, I, I didn't know how it was going to go and uh, I didn't know there was going to be a pile of people saved. I just thought, man, this is going to be good, right? And uh, so the first day, the first service, uh, uh, we had two people walk out right here. These two right here walked out the first service of the first week. And, and I, remember, I remember thinking, man, God is getting some glory out of all this. The whole reason they were here, by the way, was because of the storm. They had been invited by a neighbor because of the storm. A neighbor had reached out, Brother Johnny and Miss Penny had reached out to them about coming to church. And so they came, they got saved. The first service, two people got saved. Then the second service that morning, man, we were just going on and thinking, praise the Lord, two people got saved. It was worth it. Hallelujah. Amen. And eight people walked the aisle in the second service. I remember I went home and I was like, man, ain't God good? Is everybody all right? Listen, listen, because it wasn't nothing we could take glory from. It was because of God. God showed who he was. I need somebody to help me. I don't mean this ugly in any way, but God does not need us. He does not need our programs. He does not need our procedures and processes. All God needs is for himself to be welcomed where he is, and he will do the work. And a church that is welcoming to God and accepts and receives God's presence will see God's power. Hour. Amen. Second week, we come into church. I come in. I mean, I'm excited. First week, 10 people got saved. 
Hallelujah. Is everybody all right? Hallelujah. Ten people got saved the first week. Second week, we come into the nine o'clock service. I'm looking for visitors. Y'all ain't brought nobody. Hey, I'm just being honest. I love y'all. Ain't nobody, not a visitor in here. It was all home folk. I standing up there preaching mad. I got a bunch of people who won't even invite somebody to come to church. Come to church, talk about how much they want to see people get saved. Seen 10 people saved last week and won't even invite somebody to come to church. Is everybody all right? Oh, y'all thought it was just I was in the glory the whole time I preach. I was like, man, I can't believe nobody invited anybody. Nine o'clock, I was discouraged. Come around the 11 o'clock service, and I was still discouraged. Man, we had the church service there in the 11 o'clock service, and I'm, I, somebody helped me with the number. I believe 11 walked the aisle that day. In the 11 o'clock service. What I'm trying to tell y'all is each time that I thought we failed God, God said, I got this. 11 people walked the aisle in the 11 a.m. service. Amen. I started to tell y'all, don't ever invite anybody to the 9 o'clock service. 11 people got saved, walked the aisle. Man, those are things that we've seen back in that small building. This is a time, and I don't know that we ever seen two weeks in a row where we've seen over 10 people get saved in our church services, and God was just showing us exactly what He was capable of doing. What I'm trying to tell you is, is that this place needs to be a Bethany for the world today. It needs to be a Bethany for the world today. It needs to be a place where God is welcomed and it needs to be a place where God's power is witnessed. It needs to be a place where people can come and get help. Not the religious crowd. In case you didn't notice it, we don't fit in with that group. <laughs> is everybody all right? Hey, uh, uh, EJ, he said, he said, preacher, he said, what do you want me to wear? I said, you can wear anything except skinny jeans. <laughs> Is everybody all right? You wear anything except skinny jeans and them skater shoes that you wear. Convert, I don't care what they are, they, whatever they are. And uh, he was like, man, he thinks them things are gold or something like that. Can I get a witness? But I, I, I mean, the the fact is, is that God doesn't honor all the dress codes that we put on God. Is everybody all right? What God does honor is our heart. And what I'm asking you and what I want this place to be is a Bethany. I want it to be a place where God finds rest and refuge, where God feels welcomed. It was a place where his presence was welcome. It was a place where his power is witnessed. And I got three other ones, but you're not getting them. Say amen. amen. The truth is, is that I want to ask you a question. How receptive are you to God's presence? That's right. Come on. How receptive are we? Do you recognize that 
this church is a place for people that are broken, not people that's got it all together. That's right. Come on. If you came here and you had it all together, talk to me after the service and I'll tell you how messed up you are. Amen. We're just a bunch of people. Sin differently, look differently, (laughs) act differently. But God, through His power, changed our lives. What I'm saying this morning is God will do the same for you. How welcoming are you? Let me ask you this question. If you knew, if you knew that Jesus was going to show up here next Sunday, how many people would you invite this week? If you knew that Jesus was going to show, he was going to make an appearance right here at Calvary, how many people? Would you take, let me ask you, would you take no for an answer? How many of you got a family member? I need somebody to help me. How many of you got a family member that needs Jesus? Would you take no for an answer? And yet this is a place where God likes to meet. This is a place where the Lord likes to show up. Even, even when the choir director don't come. Even when the associate pastor goes on vacation. Even when half the choir singers are out. Or sick. God says, I got this. He just decides to come down and meet with us just for a little bit. Love on us just for a little bit. How many people in your life do you know that needs that? Heads bowed with me. People are already around the altar. The question is, why aren't you? How welcoming. We are the church. Not just the building. We are the church. We should be a place like Bethany. A place that receives Jesus. Not rejects him. A place where people are helped and not hurt. Heads bowed with me. I want to ask you a question. I want you to be honest with this preacher. Bethany is a place in Scripture. I alluded to it. But in Zechariah 14, 14, the Bible tells us that Jesus is coming back to Bethany. That is where He's going to come back. In like manner, as you've seen Him go, He will return. There's coming a day. And it may be before you pass. It may be before you take your final breath. That Jesus is coming by. It could be today. With everything that's going on in Israel right now. 
It could be today with the alliances that are being made right now, prophecy is being fulfilled. What if today the trumpet sounded? Do you know where you'd spend eternity? If you're in here and say, Preacher, I'm not sure if I died today, I'd go to heaven. I'm not sure I'd go to heaven, Preacher. I don't know. But Preacher, I'm positive. I don't want to go to hell. If that's you in this building, I don't know that I'd go to heaven, Preacher. I'm not sure. But I'm absolutely sure I don't want to go to hell. If that's you today, I want you to just lift your hand up. Preacher, pray for me. Is there anybody in the building? All right. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, I love you. Lord, I'm thankful, Lord, this morning for a place that I can come to. A place that I can find your presence. A place full of people just like me with afflictions and troubles and struggles just like me. But Lord, a place where you choose to spend time. A place where you choose to visit often. A place where you find refuge. Lord, I pray everybody under the sound of my voice has found that same thing here. A place, Lord, where they can find refuge. A place where they can find you. A place where they can witness your power working in lives, not only their own, but others. God, I pray today that, Lord, you would help us to make this a Bethany for the world. To keep this a Bethany for the world. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.